Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who continue to be the apple of my eye, Chris Brodell. Hello, hello. And Shane Beauregard. What up? I know my my intro was not as fun. It was actually too sincere for you guys. I think I caught you off guard. You, you did a little bit every week. <laughs> every week I'm caught off guard. Yeah, it's not. It's either something horrific, uh, you know, like the Hellraiser one, or it's like yeah. somehow Shane is speaking a different language. Sorry, guys, that we went too straight up this time. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll we'll fix that for the future. But yeah, this week. Uh, coined phrase by Mr. Chris Frodell. We are Apple picking this week. Uh, Apple TV Plus, that is. We are talking all about that streaming service. Kind of like, what is it? And kind of go through what we like about it. Maybe what uh, we don't. Where it is right now in the in terms of the streaming war stuff, maybe. And then we'll talk about uh, some of their latest stuff. Between uh, They've had um, two movies close enough back-to-back that... Uh, we have to talk about them. They usually don't have that much content to do back-to-back or something clustered like this. So we're going to talk Greatest Beer Run Ever and Raymond and Ray. And I just finished Blackbird, which was the last project for Ray Liotta. Um, uh, a lot of people know it by that. Or maybe you just know it by how good the critical scores have been. So we'll talk about that, too. But up top, let's talk about Apple TV Plus in general, right? So, Chris... This is a service yes. that I don't even think you have. I think you're a uh, a little little uh, little thief, little little something. Like you don't even like this isn't even on your radar. This isn't even your 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 streaming service of choice, right? Now, Andrew, we don't say this <laughs> stuff on air. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, so <laughs> you know, do you want me? Up. You yeah. want me to be involved in this podcast? <laughs> you know, just, I do what's necessary. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, uh, the uh, it's not on my radar. I I think I said to you guys, it's like third or fourth on people's go tos. Oh, I think that's possibly even being generous. You got the big three, right? You got Netflix, you got Amazon, you got HBO Max and Disney. Like those are the big four. So yeah, yeah. this is way beyond that. Even though they do have good stuff, that is true. Uh, however. I think Apple is just confused as to what they offer. You know, mm-hmm. they are known for technology and music, and I think the the movies come after all that. And then they won Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> one time. Come on. <laughs> well, Netflix would love that moniker to uh, have it. No, and then they won en- Emmys as well, right, for uh, – that news one? <laughs> Ted Lasso. Well, they won it for Ted Lasso. No, and they Ted did Lasso. Have, they did have nominations for The Morning Show. That's The, the Morning Show. Thing, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So See? Let me, let me- Prestige. Let me pitch you guys how I 
kind of see Apple TV Plus because a lot of people think because they have these prestige shows that you brought up, Chris, that they kind of have the quote taste of HBO and they're like trying to get in on that block. But to me, I think their business model is basically Amazon Prime circa 2015, 2017, like somewhere in that range. Because if you think about it, right? So Amazon Prime started getting noticed for when Transparent uh, was like their first breakout show. Uh, That got like 11 11 Emmy nominations back in 2017, right? So, and then the following year, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel started and that beat that number by like a a big stretch, right? So, So they had two big hits, but they didn't have a lot of original content otherwise. They were kind of this platform where you would go to for like renting stuff or buying stuff digitally like and honestly they still are but like that that is was yeah. basically their model and that's kind of what apple is right like everybody goes there to kind of rent stuff and buy stuff you know movies yeah. and tv show wise and then oh now they have stuff here that i can watch too on top of it it's it's a different ball game and so also amazon in the same year um had manchester by the sea get nominated at the Oscars after acquiring a film at a Sundance. And, oh, by the way, Apple also did that with Coda and now won Best Picture. So yeah. between that and the fact that, you know, the the breakout equivalent for Transparent and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for Apple is what you were saying. Morning show in 2020, followed by Ted Lasso beating the crap out of that a year later uh, and yeah. still continues to do so. So... They're kind of on the same trajectory. So I and they're both companies that don't need this video service. They make billions of dollars every year doing other stuff. Yeah. So and I wonder. A lot of people like to severance as well. You know, uh, not to. Oh yeah, no, they know. have a bunch of like other critically yeah. acclaimed stuff that people enjoy. A lot of people enjoy that Jason Momoa show is C. Um, yeah, we, we talked about. What do we talk about on this podcast for them? We talked about Cha Cha Real Smooth, because uh, that yeah. is still my favorite movie thus far this year. And uh, Slow Horses oh. was one of my top five shows. And like you mentioned, yep. Severance, that I think was in Shane's top five at the time yeah. when we did it. So, you know, that's pretty good stuff. And then, uh, you know, some people go to, uh, you know, the John Stewart show uh, that's on there, The Problem with John Stewart. And. Uh, you know, I know I go for it for my Charlie Brown content, um, but outside yeah. of that, you know, they they are they don't have a ton of content. They seem to have maybe one new thing every couple of weeks, maybe, you know, it's not a ton. Um, like I know if you go into the section of like their originals and say all the films, you could scroll through it in about a minute or two. <laughs> you know okay and and two of them yeah. are tom hanks movies <laughs> and they're not very the, good. uh when you uh had mentioned the um john stewart right uh i just found out by uh navigating for raymond and ray mm-hmm. uh that oh john stewart's on uh apple tv i did not <laughs> know that yeah a so, lot of people don't know a lot surprise. of this stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's a show with uma thurman on Apple TV Plus, when you haven't seen her in forever, right? You would think it'd be like a big deal. I don't know yeah. anyone that's seen it, including myself. <laughs> so uh, you just 
surprised me on that. I was yeah. like, where where was that found? I know. And of course, Shane, the other part of this for for the Apple Amazon comparison is is live sports because now Apple has tried to dip their toe in playing baseball games on Friday nights. And of course, Amazon now with Thursday night football and they've dipped their toe in the in the MLB stuff too. Do you, have you watched any of those? Do you like any of their setups? I um I don't even want to backtrack on what you two were talking about yeah, a little sure. bit. I like I like Apple TV, but when you go through the list of streaming services, it's like sixth on my list that I check. So I go HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, and even Disney before I go and check out Apple right. Plus. And what drew me there was Ted Lasso, to be honest with yeah. you. And that show deserves all the praise that it Absolutely. gets. And I've, I've echoed what you said. I love their content. I think they don't have a terrible show under their belt. They just don't have enough content right. yet. What I also like about them is their $4.99 a month price yeah. point, which is which is huge. Yeah. And we'll get into like their movies. I've watched a couple baseball games on Apple+. Plus. I will say... Their broadcasting teams are terrible. Yeah, not good. They're, they're terrible. Not very good. But what I'm hoping, and I don't know if you heard this, they're one of the two big companies in line to make an offer for NFL Sunday I ticket did hear next that. year. Yep. And I'm really hoping Apple TV gets that. I think it's between Apple TV and Amazon, I think, are the two that are going to bid on yeah. that. And whoever gets that, that is going to be a huge boost for them. Because oh, yeah. I was a yeah, I was a direct TV member for like 17 years just so I could watch Jet Games every right. week. Until they duped me, which is another story for another time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm really hoping one of these Apple or Amazon is going to get NFL Sunday ticket. I think it's going to draw a huge another audience uh, demographic to that streaming service. I think it'll be huge. But I, everything on Apple is highly produced. I, again, they don't have a terrible show. Um, I like physical as well. Rose Byrne. Right. I've been tooting that that show for a while. So yeah, I'm all aboard with Apple Plus, man. I just kind of. Like you, I just want them to kind of get more content under their belt, and I think they will. Yeah, because I only think about them when they're actually have a new show out or a new movie out that looks interesting enough. I mean, just like anybody else, because they don't have a back catalog that I can go, oh, let me go back and watch this or whatever. Like, it's I don't even think about it because the new stuff right. is what makes you go back and ask Netflix why they churn out, you know, seven things a week <laughs> you know that's why they do yeah. that to try to keep feeding the monkey and you know it's it's an it's a strategy and obviously they're pivoting a little bit from that and slowing it down but still i mean apple i mean i haven't probably been on apple tv plus besides for this what we did this week since cha-cha real smooth happened and that was over the summer Wow, I was gonna okay. say the same for me, or well, actually, maybe for a baseball game, but that's about it. That's it. Not yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, sus sus suspicion. Suspicion is the Uma Thurman show on Apple Plus. If anyone wanted to know, okay, that. cool. Thanks yeah. for informing us. Yeah, they have a show with Julianne Moore <laughs> that I think is a Stephen King show too, or something. Like they have a bunch of stuff where it's like, or it feels like one. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that just pops up with major stars, and I'm like, okay. I guess I'll get there eventually. Say, uh, the, uh, was it Joel Cohen's uh, Macbeth? Yeah, the tragedy of Macbeth uh, on there. Yeah. And then, like I said, there's multiple Tom Hanks movies. So I, I watched Greyhound. It was fine. It's mostly boring. <laughs> um, it, you know, uh, they have they have stuff that pops up 
every now and then. I liked Coda yeah. a lot, so you know that's good for them that they won Best Picture. It's a, a solid, crowd-pleasing movie. I just don't know. Like you said, Chris, I don't know what their direction is. And especially, I think that's no. why it's $5, because they're just like, we're trying. Can hang out, hang out, hang out <laughs> with us for the cost of a Big Mac. This, but that's you know. the thing. Like <laughs> they, they can try with what content they have, but I think their advertising brought in beyond you know if you have an iPhone or not. Yeah, is, is really lacking. But um, yeah, you know, like you, you two just surprised me with a couple of things that I, I never even knew. Yeah, uh, you know the John Stewart thing, the Uma Thurman. I mean. Julianne Moore. Come on. Like, these are like big names. It's not like, you know, Joe Schmo who's starring in this thing by someone. You know, right. it's names. Yeah. We should right. know these already. Well, think about Amazon Prime when they first started. It's like, oh, look, Bosch is out with Billy Bob Thornton. What? <laughs> like, what was the last yeah. time you saw Billy Bob as like a, a lead of something and then he's in like a consistent show on, uh, that I don't know. I, I might even be speaking out of my ass. Is he Bosch or is that like the different one? No, I think that's, that's uh, a tight one. Goliath. You're talking Goliath. about Goliath. Goliath. See, okay. this is my point. Yeah. I didn't even know shows on Amazon Prime that well, like when they first started. And like Jack Ryan, like that was like the first wave, you know, Man in the High Castle, things like that. Like that was like the first real yeah. big wave. But there were stuff before that <laughs> for like two years. Right. They were oh, doing yeah. stuff. So. Um, it was mostly like for people to go watch, you know, Top Gear or some other stuff like they would have or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. like just small things for to for people to get. And then once they integrated it smartly, I think, uh, for Prime, once they said, hey, pay this fee to get your Prime delivery stuff. And oh, by the way, this is now free with that versus like people Smart. thinking and people still can do yeah. it a la carte. They can get it. Um, without doing the Amazon Prime delivery stuff. I don't know a single person who does that, but it's available. <laughs> um, but Apple would be smart to do kind of the same thing. Like, oh, so you bought this iPhone. Here it is for a year. Or here, you know, and I'm sure there are deals like that. Yeah. I'm sure there are. Um, or or something like that. Something that ties them back well, that, into their core business. That's how I got um, HBO Max. Yeah. Is because of my phone AT provider. Yep. Yeah. So. Right. Now I got. I think I got three months free of Apple Plus when I got my iPhone. So they do kind of like tether that in yeah. there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just not me. You fucking assholes. I have like the most <laughs> expensive iPhone you have. You dicks. Um. But, and those pictures look wonderful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. My junk has never looked smaller. Thank you. Um, oh, my God. No, yeah. you have to turn it around. Turn <laughs> oh, the oh, camera yeah. around. Widescreen. <laughs> Anamorphic widescreen. Yeah. 16 by 9. You telling me. Um, anyway. So, God. This is like the second out of third episode. Like, two out of the last three episodes that we talked about are junk. Uh, and, Yeah. Thank you, Brian Spears, for also doing that last time. That was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, what do you guys hope they do? What do you want? Like, if they raised the rate and became just like any other streaming service, but they provided the type of content they'd be doing, would you still be there, Shane? Would you still be latched on to Apple? Oh, man, that's a really good question because there's so many streaming services that have my attention already. Oh. Uh, yeah. If they raise their price point, 
it, it would depend on how much they're going to raise it. But I like the direction they're going into because, again, everything they have for me is quality stuff. Like, I love watching it. There needs to be more of it. But as far as, like, the direction that I want them to go, I, I don't know. I just – it would be tough because, yeah, I just – I don't know. I guess it would be, again, how much they're going to raise their price point. But I just want to see more content. Keep the quality – but just kind of have a, a tighter schedule. So if like a show ends, another one begins. So I can kind of hop on that. Kind of like what Disney Plus True. is doing, like the Marvel shows or the Star Wars stuff. It's like, all right, so September we have Star Wars, October, Miss, you know, whatever Marvel show. And it just kind of rolls throughout the year. That's something I would be interested in. Yeah, piggyback the big stuff just to keep me hooked along the line for sure. And yeah. and to to your point too, I, I recently when uh, when you were away on assignment uh, and Chris and I were here, I believe the words I said was "fuck Hulu" uh, into a microphone because he did they recently that. they recently raised their rates and then put more ads in the Hellraiser movie that we were watching. So I was just like, "No, no, no! You don't get to double dip on me." Hulu. I thought we were friends, you know, so Apple needs to do something like that. They need to kind of either pair up with something like Hulu did with FX or something. They need to up their ante and by extension up their content. But part of me is like, if they're only five bucks and they just kind of take their time and give me good stuff every now and then. Okay. That's cool too. Yeah, I'm fine. If with they want to tread this yeah. along, that's cool too. Um, because like I said, this whole episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to review three of some of the bigger stuff on Apple right now um, that interests us and we caught over the last few weeks. So let's get to that right now. Let's get into the review segment of this episode. We'll start off with, I know Shane's been really looking forward to talking about this one, uh, Greatest Beer Run Ever, which is uh, co-written and directed by Peter Fairley. His follow-up to the Oscar-winning Green Book back a few years ago. This stars Zac Efron, Russell Crowe, Bill Murray, and several others. This is about a man's story of leaving New York in 1967 to bring beer to his childhood buddies in the Army while they are fighting in Vietnam. Wow. If you want to talk about split decision in terms of the response to this movie um it is this exact thing because it's right down the middle so critics are not kind 42 percent rotten tomato score 39 meta score uh you know so that's a little bit more harsh the more you know average moviegoer the audience scores 91 percent on rotten tomato and 6.8 on IMDb and 3.0 on Letterboxd. So that is a lot more positive than what the critics are doing. Shane, I believe you to be maybe a little bit more in the positive camp. What did you think of Greatest Beer Run Ever? Yeah, I am. I'm more towards the audience on this one. I don't know, 91 seems a little high, but yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's a lighter movie. Uh, like I'll just say off the top, I'm an unabashed Zac Efron fan, so that kind of like leans me a certain way. Sure does. Uh, Russell Crowe's only kind of in this towards the last third of the movie, and Bill Murray only has two scenes, just to let the audience know. Yeah, He's really not in there at all. Yeah, yeah. But this movie had it was funny in parts. It was a good performance by Zac Efron. I like his presence on screen. What this movie did though, because it kind of like brought me through all the range of emotions. I laughed. I kind of started tearing up towards the end of this movie uh, just based that it's a true story and how nuts is this guy yeah. and how he actually 
lived through some of the stuff he lived through because he should have been dead several times throughout this movie. It t- I don't want to say it took a lighter side of a Vietnam movie, but sometimes, if this makes any kind of sense, you forget it's a Vietnam movie until they hit you with certain scenes, but they're poignant enough where it makes you, pulls you back into the, like, hey, this is war, this is Vietnam. So it does have some heavier scenes in it, but for the most part, you kind of forget that because it is so light and he's a likable character. I, I was just drawn in with this movie and these performances and Russell Crowe was really good towards the end. Right. But you know, they don't go in depth with certain subjects. There's a part of the movie where, uh, they believe he's CIA. So they're kind of after him halfway through this movie, just from something he witnessed during the, uh, during the movie. But overall, I just thought it was a really good vehicle for him. It's a good story. It's a fun story, but yet it reminds you what it's kind of rooted in is this what was Vietnam and just a loss and everything that surrounds the the, the whole stigma of why we were even there. So it does kind of present itself well on that part. So it kind of it is an emotional roller coaster. But overall, I was drawn in, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Chris, where'd you sit with this one? Because I have thoughts, but I, I it's <laughs> I'm actually probably more in the middle here where I, I did like and admire certain things and certain performances, but there were some things where I was like, it feels like we've been here before. So where where did you sit with this one? Yeah, I'm I'm probably more towards your thought process, Andrew, okay. than Shane's. But you know, much to what Se- uh, Shane said. I was entertained by this. Uh, I kept on thinking, I'm like, I'm sure they have American beer over there. Like, and then, <laughs> and they mentioned you know, it in and there. The, yeah. And, point, yeah. and they pointed it out. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause like, if they went the whole movie, I'm like, really? You know, yeah, Pabst this, Blue this guy risked his life for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, overall it was like watching Forrest Gump without the, uh, familiar faces. Or the like charm. he was just going through, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was going through these battle zones, and he he's still oblivious to his surroundings. He's yeah. you know he's he's there to surprise one of his buddies, and he's treating it like a joke, like hey, don't tell him I'm here. Yeah, and then he's hiding under a blanket, and then his buddy comes across 200 meters, right, to find out that you know, hey, I'm here to give you beer. And he's like, are you kidding me? I could have died out there. Right, you know, he didn't realize. But, uh, you know, honestly, it, that's it was, also on his superior officer, too. <laughs> like the, the investigation of what this guy is doing or why he's there and and to get him off his post is ludicrous. Yeah. So but yes, go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, again, with uh, with all these stories that are uh, based on, you know, real events, you have to wonder how much is embellished yeah. and how much is truth. But I think uh, it was Peter's uh, way of basically saying there was certain people who didn't know where they they landed with the whole Vietnam uh, involvement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he played that part. You know, he was someone who believed in what he saw in the news until he was actually in it and saw it firsthand that how come you guys aren't reporting this? How come that, you know, he was, he was changed through, uh, what he experienced. Right. right. Um, but I, I, I did like certain things, other things I, I rolled my eyes at, but overall I, you know, I, I was entertained by it. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of there too. It is watchable and compelling at times, and I I actually quite liked Russell Crowe in this. I thought for how little he is in it uh, that he was very compelling. Um, but one of the things, because like you did mention a Forrest Gump, and and I even uh, had like Good Morning Vietnam thoughts and and other movies that kind of yep. latch on to these feelings that. If they did a better job, the one thing you could do to get out of the tropes, because we've seen a million Vietnam movies, right? And including ones that go lighter or darker, there's all different shades. But to make it stand out, you figure, because this is a personal mission of his, with his friends in tow, that make this a more personal story. And I think that's where it lost me a little bit, too. Where I cared more when Oklahoma had issues uh, which was a you know a civilian or a person in vietnam that he never knew until he got there versus a lot of the friends that he was either visiting or the one friend that he was so torn up about um that because he kind of talked him into going into the war um when he was scared and wanted to back out right so i felt like those early scenes didn't do enough and actually reminded me a little of like like an outside Providence tone almost like to a lot of the things. And I thought his family was just cringy. Um, So, which I'm (laughs) sure to an extent is supposed to, but it was like a little too hammy, which is, which is a fairly thing. But I was like, which movie are you making? And I think his uneven tone got to me at times, which is why I think Zac Efron played this so monotone for a lot of the movie, because he's kind of just our, our audience avatar just kind of like wandering through the situation. And so he doesn't get too high or too low. And until he's pushed into some outlandish situation, that'll do it. So I I thought if he could have more relationships, like Chicky's friendship stuff set up to where we're looking forward to seeing these people again, we know what these people would react to and have a better shot at that later on. Otherwise you're just going, Oh, War sucks. Yeah, we knew that. Vietnam had uh, we got lied to. No shit. Um, you know, so <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff that you can just not roll your eyes at, but you know, it's kind of like, yeah, we've been here before, and thank you for not playing Credence. That's uh, like, uh, <laughs> you know, half oh. of my thoughts on on that one. Good but, point. But outside of that, there are a lot of like very good scenes. Like I said, the Russell Crowe stuff I thought worked insanely well. But I, I wish they could have done better with making this a more personal and ground level thing. So that way I care more about the adventure itself more than isn't this a fun thought, fun story? Yeah, I, I can see that. But like to Chris's point, he hit it where I kind of missed. I fumbled. I do like his growth throughout the movie because he was naive and a loaf throughout the whole movie yeah. thinking it was like such a big joke. Right. Until he got his, you know, eyes open. And I did like the dynamic between him and his sister throughout the movie, yeah. the little tidbits they shared together. Because mm-hmm. she was on the opposing thought process he was going into the right. whole thing. Yeah. So I did like that dynamic. But you're right. Like, they could have set up some of the friend stuff a little, a little, just a little better. So I agree with you there. I'm not disagreeing with sure. you. I liked it. You, I agree with your point there. But, you know, overall, again, this movie just... It, it it worked for me. I don't know why it just it just worked. Well, Shane, it's not it's not too surprising too. I mean that like you have the experience of being in the military, and so maybe you have more of like a a, a more honest and grounded level to yourself about the thoughts of the camaraderie of war, and, and maybe like or or at least 
going into that situation not knowing what's going to happen and and maybe having to say goodbye to your friends or or have people look at you a certain way for being a soldier or any of that all those things are things that I don't have in my back pocket like my dad and my grandfather were in the military I was not so you know some of these things might hit a little closer to home which is completely understandable um but yeah I thought they they went through every single I don't want to call them trope, but basically all the storylines, all the thoughts, all the conversations of the Vietnam War were all there. Right. <laughs> all of them <laughs> represented yeah. in every various character. And, and part, one of the, uh, the the absolute sins you mentioned it is Bill Murray's barely in this and he could have been played by literally someone they pulled off the street. Like it, it, they didn't oh, yeah. give him yeah. anything to do. They didn't let him be Bill Murray for a minute. Um, which was surprising. I don't know why he did this besides just like, hey, I get to see the Fairley brothers, <laughs> you know, like or yeah. or Peter Fairley, right. you know. So yeah, um, yeah. But overall, I mean, if we want to put grades to it, it's probably a three for me at at best, somewhere in between that two and a half and three for me because it is effective at times. Zac Efron, I'm mad that he gets to be. Uh, that good looking and have that thick a mustache, you know, that's, that's awful. That's my, <laughs> yeah. my, my, I think that's why Shane also liked it because he gets to do both of those things too. So, uh, you know, and loves Zac Efron too, but yeah, I'm somewhere in that middling grade. I, I think some, a lot of the, uh, those scores are fair. Chris, you, uh, you around yeah. the same, uh, initially, uh, you know what I, I said, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's, you know, average so average to me is 2.5 um yeah. Mm. but yeah it could inch towards three uh in fact uh i was finishing it it was towards the second half of it and uh melanie uh the missus uh had come in and started watching it and she's like oh this this is good i'm like uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um but you know what Leave she saw. She liked. <laughs> no, what she saw, she liked. You know, and and I don't disparage her for seeing the rest of it. It was everything that the three of us has said, and like I said, uh, d- depending on when you get me, uh, it's two and a half, three. Yeah. So is that something I'm going to defend strongly? But it's not something I would <laughs> tell people. No, don't watch that. Jesus. So right, but <laughs> but to defend your wife on that, I do find this movie way more watchable and compelling once he's already in Vietnam. So if if she missed the first twenty minutes, she probably would have a better time with this as well. So Shane, where did you land with it, buddy? I didn't go crazy grading this, but I did give it a little higher than you, Andrew. I gave it a three and okay. a half. Yeah, which is enough for just uh, your Zac Efron stuff there. That that, that yeah, alone can exactly. can tip you over. So that makes a lot of sense. The other movie that uh, that this one came out over the weekend, right? That was part of uh, yes. what tipped us on this one, this whole Apple TV Plus project thing, is um, Raymond and Ray uh, is our next movie, written and directed by Rodrigo Garcia, starring Ewan McGregor as Raymond and Ethan Hawke as Ray. This is a movie about half-brothers Raymond and Ray who reunite when their estranged father dies and discover that his final wish was for them to dig his grave. Together they process who they become as men, both because of their father and in spite of them. Chris, I'll start with you on this one. What did you think of Raymond and Ray? Because as soon as the movie ended, I was like, that was that was fucking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's 
putting it nicely. No, um, <laughs> no, it was fine, but it was it was boring. It, it didn't really develop the way I thought it was going to uh, end up. Like they have this issue with their father, and he doesn't sound like a great guy by them. Right. However, everyone else who's run into him. Oh, he's charismatic. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, he did this for me. He's a wonderful human being. And right. you're like, well, who do we believe? Mm. And they're our main focus, Ethan Hawke and uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. They're our main focus that we have to be like, okay, we have to follow them on their journey. Right. Uh, where, you know, by the end... Maybe they'll have like this discovery or they'll be like, oh, we didn't really know him. Right. And us as an audience, we didn't really get to know their father. Like, what what did we believe throughout the whole thing? And I thought that was going to have some kind of resolve by the end. Right. And I just had more questions. Yeah, especially because they kind of pitch it as the the father maybe like grew as a person the, the when they kind of like withdrew from their father's life and yeah and how that went down but i don't know like <laughs> the things he did in his final hours and the things he set forth to do are uh extremely dickish squirrely <coughs> strange um <laughs> and and you know some of the added flavor of the rest of his life entanglement showing up as the movie goes along or as it ends uh is just kind of gross and a little weird <laughs> like I, I i can't just stop can't stop saying the word weird because yeah they they like to just throw exposition curveballs in this thing to just be like oh you think this is a straight up father son you know agony thing that we're gonna stretch out nope here we go we're gonna throw you who had whose baby and uh who's cheating on who and all this other weird stuff that just yeah Oh, and here comes some jazz. So, like, you know, it's <laughs> it's it it is a odd movie in terms of its construction that it just it's herky jerky. It's uneven. I thought Ewan McGregor was stiff as a board in this movie. Um, well, he he is the uh, the uptight one. I know, but there are levels. I was like, is, I know. is he yeah, just I having know. Kenobi disease here where he has to be so like stately for some reason? Are you just going to do that in every project? But um, yeah, there wasn't a ton that I can latch on to here. I mean, every uh, there are types of parents or whatever where you have problems with them, but they're like charming enough that their charm is outside of the home. And you go, I don't know why everyone loves him, but he can't love us kind of a thought. Um, yeah. that did seem kind of appealing. And then they kind of just played whack-a-mole with that as it went through the story. Um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it just didn't fully work for me. Shane, uh, where do you sit on Raymond and Ray? Oh, I'm sorry. Not at off there for me. Much <laughs> like it did during this fucking movie. Oh shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's going on the poster. It's like it, it, it committed the cardinal sin of being boring i didn't give two craps about this movie yeah and you stole my line andrew because i wrote down you mcgregor uh obi-wan kenobi hangover like <laughs> like his acting was bad and i kept thinking can you actually regress as an actor because he was terrible i know like i thought i was watching a male version of Kristen stewart up there like <laughs> what like <Ouch. laughs> you McG 
Yeah, yeah, he was terrible. Um, somewhere Ethan Hawke was okay. Stewart is ducking somewhere, and she doesn't even know why. <laughs> Ethan Hawke was okay, but they never really developed that backstory between the two of them that I would have wanted. There wasn't enough character development between their father and him. It's like Chris said, like, who are we supposed to believe? No, we're supposed to believe the father matured as he got older, hence the notes he gave, even though he gave fucking Ethan Hawke a shitty note. Oh, my God, Ray I was angry at that point. note. He, yeah, yeah, he gave Ray the more poignant note. You know what I mean? But I, I just did not care. And no offense, I can't bang my dad's ex-wife. I'm sorry. Like, as hot as she was, <laughs> I, that would weird me out. Can you guys? We all grieve in our that? own ways, Shane. All yes. right. <laughs> I know, but that is weird. And I know the father was revealed that he slept with Ewan McGregor's wife. But like at that point, I, I just didn't, you know, care. I danced around that was... pretty good. Shane, you're just out here just throwing <laughs> spoiler grenades. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's a boring movie with uh, just bad character development. I didn't care about either one of them. And you say it had the jazz scenes in there. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And you and Ethan Hawke apparently just bangs. Whatever's not nailed down for some reason. Like, yeah, I, I, he is I charming. Just did not care. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's he's like, got his dad's it, charm. It's like that one Seinfeld yeah. Kramer line where he's like, "Here's to feeling good all the time," and just like smoking a cigarette while drinking a beer at the same time. That is Ethan Hawke's character right. in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I just felt like this. Why was this even made into a movie? Just leave it as a book and just let it lie there. Like maybe it's a better book. Sure. But and then the notes he gave him, I'm like, why would you write that in a note? I'm not gonna spoil that, but like why would you even write that and put that out there? Right. Like, I don't know. That that whole scene just upset me. And I'm like and, and it builds itself as like a like a dramedy. I didn't laugh one time during this freaking thing. Like maybe unintentionally. I can't remember seeing that I laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, it, it was it was bad and boring, man. And I'm sorry. And you McGregor is regressing before our eyes as an actor. And- now, the only thing I'll say in defense of McGregor, though, is that <laughs> I don't I didn't think Ethan Hawke was that great in this. And he can act the hell out of something and has done recently. So I don't think he's regressing. So I don't know if they fully grasped what they wanted to do with this movie. And I don't know how much time they had to prep or any other things. Lord knows, you know, with the Disney schedule of these things and doing Obi-Wan and everything else might have been a time suck, but I don't know. I, and if, Ethan Hawke coming out of Moon Knight, too. So Disney was just, like, yeah. occupying people's time uh, for quite a bit recently. So I don't know. I, I, I have nothing positive, really, to, to latch on besides, yeah, I, I think if I'm Ewan McGregor, I'm probably popping my old man's uh, ex there because, you know, <laughs> They, they, oh, good for you, buddy. Hey, they weren't married. I could do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, what? I know. That's a whole mental block. I don't know if I can yeah. have sloppy seconds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like that. Oh, if God, you're being vindictive in that moment, as you're saying to, hell. That's true. You might as That's well. true. There's a lot of layers there. You know, might as well uh, <laughs> might as well get something out of this experience. So, I, I, yeah. I feel that uh, Ethan Hawke was shortchanged throughout this whole thing. Like, he, he is the one character that we should have known more about right and you know she he's reduced to like a two-line note yeah uh the fact that he's uh obsessed with jazz because it's his new drug because uh you know he's kicked the uh the real drug right um and it it just seemed like there's there's something missing from this movie 
It, mm. it almost seems like it met with the cutting. Charm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it met with the cutting room floor. Yeah, it, it really did because uh, you know, like uh, it, looking at uh, Rodrigo Garcia's uh, filmography, he involves himself with uh, character. You know, six feet yeah. under in treatment. You know, yeah. uh, almost like you know, as we were talking about with Halloween ends. You know, you got this armchair psychologists who do a lot better than what was presented in this film. Yeah. You know, it's like you can say what everyone's psychosis is, but it wasn't presented well uh, throughout the film. Yeah, it was almost like you know, it, it was every other line was removed. Yeah, that revealed who these people were, which was disheartening because uh, you know there there was promise in there, but ultimately you know it, it fell flat. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's interesting with the uh, the whole in treatment and some of those other projects he's done that he does like to involve people going through sobriety of different levels and and other kind of mental health stuff. But so I could see why maybe he was had the appeal. Of this story and why he would want to bring it to the screen but yeah it's not it's not the same and it doesn't have the same proper tone or any kind of coherent <laughs> messaging here because i didn't take anything away from this i don't know if you guys did uh you know no no <laughs> dads can suck sometimes you know like not a whole lot and uh i don't know i just felt bad for them if anything but it, that's not enough for me mm. to care about this movie. Um, so the scores are mostly middling to lower. The best they get is a 6.3 from IMDb and a 3.0 letterbox. I'm lower than that. Um, yes. I'm two and a half at most two. Like, cause I, you know, it was watchable enough, but. You know, it's somewhere in that range, depending on how I think about it. It didn't linger well with me. How did it sit with you, Chris, for a grade? Not at all. Uh, for a grade, I, I came into it thinking two, and I'm leaving with a two. Okay. It was, uh, w with all that was involved, all that, all who were involved, Yeah. Um, y you would think that we would get higher than what we're grading it. Yeah. But uh, no. No, it just uh, like I said, there, there's, there's a movie somewhere. Yeah, and it's just not on screen. Yeah, for sure. Shane, where are you with this? <laughs> oh boy, I gave this a one and a half. Ooh. I'm sorry. Like I'll, for, I'll yeah, I'll forget about months. this movie tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll forget about this movie tomorrow. I latched on to nothing. I don't remember any scenes outside of the banging scene. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the wraparound just, with rain yeah. coming into and then rain coming out. Uh, yeah. It just was a very forgettable movie. Very forgettable performances. Underwhelming and boring. So 1.5 for me on this movie. Da not going to give it another uh, half for uh, Cool Priest. The the <laughs> that, that guy seemed kind of fun to hang. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he did seem I like a WWE true. manager from back in the day. But yeah, no. Yeah. No. I'm with it. I would go to his church. You know, yeah, sure. Seems pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe a little less on that, but I, I want to, I'm going to say a couple words on Blackbird. You guys have not watched this, but I will say um, this was something that I absolutely loved. 
Uh, this is a mini series for Apple dipping their toe. I've when I was watching it, it felt like I was watching uh, like a season of True Detective, and maybe closer to that first particular season. This is a kind of like it's a based on a true story uh, about a serial killer, a suspected serial killer, and. God, the acting performances. It's a lot of it is a two-hander. There are other things in here, but Taron Edgerton and Paul Walter Hauser, my God, these two guys playing off each other for most of the series is just so, so good. And especially with how close they are in this. It's not like a lector thing where you can say it's like on the other side of the fence. You are right in the heart of this basically prison for monsters that they are in that uh taron edgerton's character gets in there for he's basically he plays jimmy keen he's sentenced to a 10 to 10 years in a minimum security prison but he cuts a deal with the fbi to befriend a suspected serial killer keen has to elicit a confession from him to find the bodies of as many as 18 women it says in there at 1.21 women that he uh, murdered and yeah, it all hinges on he goes into hell and if he gets, you know, time added to his sentence, that's on him. If he gets killed in there, that's on him. It's all just to try to be able to get this confession and get out. And it's a race against time. It's dealing with, you know, trying to befriend a monster. It's got so much tension, so many good performances, uh, it's good to see Greg Kinnear back in this bitch too. He plays a uh, you know a uh, part of the the investigation team on this as well. And gosh, I, I I'm raving about. It. I mean, this has an eight point two on IMDb, and I'm right there, man. It's it's definitely like a, a, a it might be a nine for me. Like this is really well done. And again, for only six episodes, so they don't waste your time at all. It's hey, here's Jimmy Keen. Here's why he goes to prison. Here's his relationship with his dad, Ray Liotta. RIP, this is his final performance on screen. And they move all that relationship and tie it into stuff he thinks about in prison and how he's dealing with things in there. And he is just getting it from all sides. And it is claustrophobic. It is intense. And I liked it quite a bit. So if this is on your watch list, or maybe you're just new to Apple TV Plus because you know they saw, you saw that we had an episode, so it must be important that you have this service <laughs> now. You want to toss in the five bucks for this month and check out what they have. I think Blackbird might be with some of the best stuff they've they've made thus far. Now again, small. It's six episode miniseries, but I dug it quite a bit. I banged this out in two days, so this was excellent. Um, anything you, it's a lot of banging. Yes. Well, you <laughs> <laughs> McGregor doesn't get all the fun. Okay. So I have to do, right. do my own. All right. Um, but yeah, so I love that high recommend for me for that one. And do you guys have anything that you're looking forward to that you currently watch there or something else? So Shane, I don't know if you ever got to watch the, or talk about your watch of the latest episode, or excuse me, the latest season of Physical or any of those other ones. Are you are you in tune with something else on, on Apple TV Plus? Uh, nothing new. Like I said, Physical and Ted Lasso are the two main shows that I watch. Um, so in Physical season two was, I highly recommend that show if you've never seen it. 
but I haven't dabbled into like any other other shows that they have on there. I know there's that Maya Rudolph show that a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, loot. But yeah. I have yeah, I have not given that a shot yet. But Blackbird is high on my list. I just it's one of those shows I just kind of forgot about with everything we kind of watch and everything yeah. new. I'm like that person that throws a sparkler out and just gets my attention. So it's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. what's on HBO Max? And then I forget about Bird Box because I love Egerton and I love Blackbird. Uh, Paul Hauser. Yeah, Blackbird. I'm sorry. Blackbird. Blackbird. <laughs> sorry, Excuse I didn't me. want to besmirch um, this show by tying no, it No, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I do like Egerton a lot, and I like Paul uh, Hauser. I always laugh because <laughs> the first time I saw him, he played a bit part in It's Always Sunny episode oh, yeah. when he was a teenager. Yeah. And it's just funny to watch him kind of grow from that one episode. When Charlie was a janitor, he played one oh, of the students that Charlie okay. took under his wing. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So anyway. Was he the yeah, juggalo? I, Yes, he was a juggalo. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. I can um, absolutely see that. Which, by the way, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to derail you, but in this uh, this miniseries, the serial killer that he's playing, it's again based on a real person. Oh my god, he looks exactly like the serial killer, and it, like they oh, show wow. the picture of him at the end, and I was like, you know, like I've seen movies or whatever where they show the real guy, and you go, well, they really dialed that up because they needed a star here. They fucking nailed it. <laughs> with Paul Walter Hauser. Wow. Sorry nice. if that's insulting to him. Nice. They fucking nailed it. <laughs> no, so I think this is up next on my list uh, of shows to watch this week, to be honest with you. So I will be watching the show this week. Yeah. And I haven't, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I got lazy and I told you this is like way down on my pecking order of streaming services. So I don't, I don't really look ahead to what's coming out with them. I just get surprised when I hop on their, yeah. <laughs> when I hop on yeah. their platform, like, ooh, look what's out now. Yeah. And I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty solid about documentaries to this point, too. They always like to have a few of those, like the Beastie Boys story. The Velvet Underground one is there. There's a few of those that cool. are, are worth checking out. Um, and uh, I know I watched uh, Boys State uh, a couple years ago, last year, two years ago, I guess, uh, which was my one of my favorite things I watched all year. Uh, it's about like the American Legion puts on like a, like a mock Congress type thing and it's all these boys in in texas trying to like debate and get elected and all these things and it really is kind of like a microcosm of what's going on in the country it's very intense and it's, it's very well done so i recommend wow. boys state on there as well so if you're looking to to watch anything and you like documentaries um the only thing i know for them coming up is one part a lot of fun and one part ah this could get weird um so Emancipation. Have you guys heard about this? The Will Smith slave tale? Uh, oh, I have heard rumblings about this, yes. So they decided to go ahead and put this out this year. They were thinking they weren't going to because of the whole Will Smith slap situation and everything else. And now it looks like what they're situation? going forward. <laughs> yeah. You didn't hear about this? Um, yeah. Uh, you talk about Uncle Phil. They got into it quite a bit. You talk about that? Um, yeah. Uh, poor Jazz got thrown so many, uh. so many times. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Will Smith, you know, having his own controversies, they, you know, kind of didn't know what they were going to do. And then when Martin Scorsese's movie got pushed, you know, they thought maybe they needed to add something back in. And it seems like Emancipation's going to get a release date for this year uh, sometime in December. So. That is going to be interesting. Um, it's Antoine Fuqua directing. So, you know, maybe coming off the terminal list, Shane especially might be a little little peaked on that one. But it's interesting that Will Smith didn't want to do Django and then now is going to do, you know, kind of like a, a sort of a runaway slave story and, and, and 
go into that. So that'll be interesting to watch and see how people react to that now post-slap Will Smith. And then uh, Spirited, have you guys seen the the trailers or stuff for this? Yes. With uh, Will Ferrell and yes. Ryan Reynolds? So, you know, as far as like new, newer Christmas tales, this looks like a lot of fun. So I think I could try mm-hmm. to yeah. sneak that one in and, and watch it. Maybe I'll, I'll watch it with Chris, you know, a fellow uh, person who actually celebrates it, Christmas instead of uh, my household, which is you know my and my I think that's family. a uh, November. I think that's a <laughs> November seventeenth release yeah. on that one too. Yeah, they like yes. to do that where they catch it, like release it right before Thanksgiving. So once Thanksgiving is meal is over, people are like, "All right, we're we're Christmas time now," and then we'll just watch yeah. whatever. So I think uh, that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll check out some of the Christmas stuff. I know I have a few friends in my life, like uh, Chad Dizzle Davis from my old podcast, where we used to do all the Netflix yep. Christmas movies. So maybe we'll, you know we'll have him pop on, get into the holiday spirit, and talk about something like that as well. Um, but yeah, so that's Apple TV Plus in a nutshell, everybody. Like uh, there's a few other things maybe of note that are coming, but. Sad to say, like, I, I don't know how often I'll be returning. I know I'm geared up, actually. I, I buried the uh, Slow Horses, which was one of my favorite shows of this year, um, back when we did the top five of the year midway through. The second season is already coming before the end of the year. It's coming out in dis- uh, beginning of December. So if you haven't watched Slow Horses, I definitely recommend that show and to get ready for it for the new season that comes out uh, just like six weeks from now. It's crazy. Um crazy so anything else you guys want to say on that anything you're looking forward to i know uh chris is making the trek down to shane this time around uh and so that episode will be interesting uh how we're gonna all do that and what we're gonna cover and everything else you guys looking forward to doing anything uh doing your hair braiding a lot of braiding and nails and stuff like yeah yeah a lot of grooming yeah grooming. yes we will uh i i want to say Apple TV, quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, I ain't hating it for five bucks. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I just, I, I want to relax. I want to relax while I'm down there. And um, and I usually do. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing, there's no agendas. There's nothing. Um, however, um, the we are going to go see the Banshees. Mm, uh, yes. That's our assignment. Nice. Um, other than that, we got nothing. We got nothing planned. Yeah, I might be coming in hot on that one because it is playing around here, but it's not playing in state. So I would have to like cross into New York to uh, have to. Oh, really? Yeah. At least at this point, I'll have to keep updating it. But right now, it's looking like, you know, Pleasantville, New York is where I'll have to be on. Wow. On, uh, thank goodness that I'm, I have like a mini vacation here coming up. So I'm going to spend it doing what else, but catching up and trying to watch movies that are maybe a few extra miles away from me and, uh, and do that as much as I can before I have to, uh, <laughs> go back to the grind. But yeah, man, hopefully we could do that. Maybe, uh, check in on some of our, uh, our, our Oscar picks, our picks for the year. And cause Banshees was one of mine. So maybe we can all kind of yep. do that dance and then. And then go with it from there. But wish you a good uh, travel there, Chris. Uh, I I hope you have a a good time there with Shane. Um, You know. Undoubtedly. I know. Sharing popcorn, swapping stories, you know, sharing candy, all that stuff. It's a good time. It's a good time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Shane doesn't share. No. 
I don't share. I buy that. No. no. Yeah. I have to bring my Get own. Get your own popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Chris, you know what you could do? Bring up a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I don't think they have that down That's in the it. Carolinas. You know, it's a good I thing don't think do. they do either. <laughs> I'll get a duffel bag. Tell Oklahoma I said hello. And uh, Uh. you guys uh, have a good time. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. And come back next week for more recent activity.